Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening and welcome to this week's main podcast. I am joined tonight by uh, Luke of Auto Better and Big Lou from LS11. How are we doing, chaps? Hello. Yeah, good. Newly, newly, newly back from his his honeymoon, Big Lou from LS Eleven. <laughs> Feels yeah. like forever since you actually went. <laughs> uh, since yeah, you three, got married, sorry. <laughs> yeah, three three weeks was ages in uh, Antigua. It was brilliant. <laughs> cool. Right. Okay. We'll get into a, um, an intro, and then we'll get right into it. Hi, this is Don Matteo, and then you are listening to the Auto Know Better podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> you look like fucking Brolin, you're a Leeds eating bastard. Oh, like some sort of fucking weird floating head. No. <laughs> Utensil player a bit, innit? I mean, I feel a bit like dickhead. Nothing spectacular, really. Nothing spectacular, really. Um... So, um, if we get straight into, uh, so we've got three uh, predictions to talk about since the last time we've done a main pod, um, because I didn't have the uh, stuff together for you to, to, to do it on the last main pod that I wasn't on. Um, so, we'll do a bit of this, straight into another one. Auto no better predictions. Like clockwork, this. Absolute clockwork. <laughs> so, um we haven't done right well for the last couple of games, and that tends to mean that we don't have people that um, get a lot of points um, into such a situation where uh, for Coventry, nobody got a point, and for Sunderland, nobody got a point. However, Blackburn did make things interesting. Um, so, Bren, top of the league, Bren, went with a 1-1 draw, and we beat him, and that means that he got minus points. Uh, I was three points behind him. Uh, I went 3-1 which means I got three points. So uh, me and him have just swapped. Um, Luke, however, um, has now leapfrogged both Smarty and Carl into third place behind me and Brent. Um, Smarty and Jay. <laughs> Jay has got, up to this point, 
Jay had three five points in a row, uh, which actually puts him on 21 for the entire season. So 15 points in three games that he'd only got six before then. Um, Carl has gone from third to joint uh, to uh, second to last, and fans are rock bottom of the league. Uh, so that leaves fans on 12, Carl on 20, Jay and Smarty joint on 21, Luke on 24, Bren on 28, and I'm on 31. Um, and I do need to apologise, Luke, because we didn't invite you this time around. Um, I saw my ass last season, and I'm not going to run it this season. <laughs> That's basically the reason for it. Um, but uh, yeah, so the table has been exactly as it was at that point through the Sunderland and the Coventry fixtures because nobody got a point. Um, and uh, John's going for one leads. I don't know who that's. <laughs> we're not. We're not got to the next lot of predictions yet. That's the result. So we'll come to. Um, uh, we'll come to the the upcoming fixtures. So we'll be covering later in the podcast um, the Ipswich and Preston games. Um, so we'll get into it. So. Luke, I'll come to you first. Um, I know that you covered a fair amount of it in the where well, you did the BNC already, so you've spoken about the game. So, um, in terms of the actual overall performance, how, do, how are you feeling about it now, looking back? I don't think it was that bad, mate. I think I think there's I, I've done this to death because I did one with Joe directly after the game as well on his on Joe's <laughs> channel. So I, I did that, then I did BNC with Joe. With Joe on the Sunday, uh, and then uh, and then now, but yeah, just I didn't think things were too bad, mate. I think there's there's some fine tweaks that need making, and 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 some quite obvious things we can see from the terraces and, and on telly that that Farker doesn't tend to be seeing, or he's too proud, or he's too stubborn, and and you know we've been there with a stubborn coach before when things don't work, and 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 you know Bielsa with his with his man marking and his uh, Daniel James up front, that sort of thing. Um, I feel like we're going through that a little, little bit again with with Farker, with 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 Piro playing him in the ten, no matter what who we play. I think Piro is isn't a ten, but he plays well in that second striker role against teams when when matches are open. It's quite obvious it works in those games. Um, however, when we're playing teams that play a low block, however whatever you want to call it, two banks of four or whatever, you, however you want to look at it, uh, sometimes even a bank of five and four, we need. Somebody who could, a Pablo in there, not somebody who can arrive late into the box and score a goal. We need somebody in there who can direct the game, control the tempo, and and actually, actually see a pass and have that additional vision that we haven't got at the minute. And so because because Piro hasn't got that, he, every time he turns, he seems to his second second touches a tackle when, in those types of games. <laughs> However, it works really really well in in open games. We saw it at Ipswich at Millwall. Um, and a few other um, games this season where he's where he's had his best games for us is when teams come at us, you know. And yeah, it's just it's just it's it's frustrating more than anything for me because I don't think we played that well. We con- uh, sorry, I don't think we played too badly um, as a as a group and as a, as a team. But but we just we these are the, these are the types of games that if we're going to be serious about catching any of those top two, which is is looking mentally difficult every day more and more difficult um then then they're the games we need to be winning not just taking a point off point from or or even worse drawing like we did with chef wednesday and you know we know how these teams are going to set up they must be doing something in training to actually help it and benefit us and and give them additional ideas but it they just they look they just look like they haven't got any additional ideas and they're just going to keep battering the door down doing the same old thing that they've been doing for the previous 75 minutes until he makes five changes or th- four changes or three it was at the weekend, bringing attacking players on for a defensive player 
Um, and look, it's worked a couple of times, Norwich and, and one or two other games where it has worked, but more often than not, we just we're just trying to do plan A better, which which doesn't really work. Yeah. So I just um it, it, uh, touching on uh, I don't know if you've seen the comments by Mark Robbins, the Coventry manager after the game. He was saying that um, Leeds are a really good team and they make the um, the challenging runs that are difficult to track and difficult to manage. But if you track and manage the runs from deep and the runs through the middle, you can get a result against us. And I, I think that was borne out. I think they, they set up well. I think, you know, you and I talked about Sunderland and the way that they set up against us. I didn't think either side did all that much against us, to be honest. Um, I didn't think we were that bad in either game. They were just well prepared. You know, they didn't do much to hurt us. They just countered a lot of what's good about our game, I think, and and that gave them a platform from which to to get at us. Um, Lou, um, it felt very much, if you remember, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, when uh, I think it was Southgate were at Borough, um, the way that he dealt with um, a, a result or a, a match that wasn't quite going their way was to just try and get as many forwards on the pitch at the same time as he could. It felt a bit manic like that towards the end of the weekend. Is that is that fair? I think that's what he. I think that's what we could try to do a little earlier by disrupting the game, you know, rather than leaving it to like towards the end. And unfortunately, most seasons we would be probably top or second. So the narrative is being forced amongst us to be like spoken about differently because of how far ahead they are and how good their form is. So we might not be having these conversations if we were sat top or second because, you know, drawing a game might not be the end of the world. But instead, what's happening is we're going, does Farker trust his bench? And, you know, like, is he overworking these players who are playing every single game? So I'm torn between, you know, what side of the fence I sit on. I definitely think he should be using the subs early. But the only player he seems to really trust off the bench is Nonto who, if we're honest, is probably going in January anyway. So um, I struggle to see um, what we do differently, really. Um, it's the, these good young sides that have a lot of running can obviously close down the space in the games. And I think we saw that from both Coventry and South uh, Sunderland. Sorry, um, I actually thought Coventry were better going forward than Sunderland, to be honest. They looked a lot more threatening. Um, but both very negative styles of football which you know it's quite bold really. if, if it against any other team I don't think Sunderland would be happy seeing that sort of football at home like but it was against Leeds and it was win at all costs really for, for their fans so it was negative but unfortunately it works against us I think probably one of the only games left this season is this Saturday where a team we have a team left in the league that, that will actually go for us. Ipswich are going to back themselves, but I don't think many teams are going to do that between now and the end of the year. The end, the end of the season, of the year, rather. Right, yeah. Season, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think I think that's fair. Um, and I think to touch on Luke's point, that's why we need a player that's got the guile and the craft to pick a pass or to see movement and, and um, to unlock that defence. Because if we are just going to be dealing with two two back to four or a five and a four or whatever that's going to end up being, we have to find a way to beat that. I think if we look at, um, you know, we, we, we talked about 
we've talked at length about um, how frustrated we were with some of Bielsa's tactics, not making changes or making changes too late or sticking with the same, you know, plan B was make plan A better. It feels like we're in a similar situation. Um, not quite as good, but in a similar situation in terms of the frustrations that we're seeing. Um, so just to go back to the point around the changes. So, yeah, Willie Nonto does regularly come on. For me, a little bit too late. Um, but if you're looking at that bench and we've got Anthony, we've got Bamford, we've got other players on that bench with a, 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 a you know, we saw Joffy come on at the weekend. Um, what are the players that you would be looking to change? And from the starting lineup on the weekend, who would you have taken out earlier rather than later? Luke. I don't. Me. Sorry. Lou. 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 Sorry. Big Lou. Yeah, I don't think Kamara had his best game. I, I think we could have possibly changed changed that a little bit. Mostly I'm sort of veering towards Matteo Joseph instead of Bamford at the minute, just for something different. Like Bamford's not getting enough minutes to even look like he's remotely kicked a ball. You know, he doesn't look, I wouldn't say, it's hard to say to say he's not match fit or anything like that, but the ball bounces off him. His touch is terrible and he's not, if he's going to be an impact, then he needs to find a way of being a little bit more um, useful, I guess, um, which just just isn't happening. I mean, the difference, I think, uh, uh, between Farker and Bielsa is that I feel like Bielsa trusted his squad a lot more than Farker seems to. And, and that might be us just reading between the lines. It might not be a thing, but do you think Gruev's happy? Do you think... Um, Anthony's happy, you know. These are these are players that have come from you know fairly decent clubs. Um, you know they've had a lot of top flight football between them, um, and Farker doesn't seem to favour them. I actually think that FA Cup game might come at a good time for us to see what the rest of our squad could do, um, and that might that might aid us a little bit in getting get, getting some of these guys getting some minutes and actually opening Farker's eyes to what what they can do properly and what they can contribute um whether or not he'll go down that route I think it's definitely a a good a good chance for him to do that I don't see any reason why he should play our best team against Peterborough um but I think that's what we need to use that as we need to give those guys some minutes and and just see what they can do so just um touching on that then is that you'd be looking to make wholesale changes? Or would you be looking to make the changes just to get some minutes into the players that we are using from the bench, but give them well, a lot I, of them? As an as an example, um, I don't, I, I you know, Carl Darlow plays, Jed Spence plays at right back, Archie Gray in midfield, um, and you know maybe one of Strauch and Rodon, maybe rest Rodon and give give Coops a game. Sort of, you know, there's still a main main core of the team, but playing players in their correct positions, I think, I think that's definitely not helping us. The fact that Furpo's rubbish and injured and Byram um we, we well we seem to win when Byron plays uh, or or at least you know um because he's offensive and he's positive Furpo just looks incredibly nervous and I think at this point after two games it's hard to criticize Jed Spence coming back um and playing at left back um it's not we haven't won ideal. a game this season that Sam Byram hasn't played in well that's that's what I mean like and it and it's a stat that that has some substance, you know, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the play goes through Byram and Somerville down the left-hand side and he's involved both offensively and defensively. And he's 
good at both, if we're honest. And that's not even his position, but Jed Spence looks good. But if he's a right back and that's what he's used to doing and he isn't as, um, you know, diverse as Byron, then I think that's going to be the way to go, especially if we're not actually going to buy left back. We need to get Byron fit and play Jed Spence on the right. And I think the defence starts looking differently. I mean, I've seen, we've seen a few wingers play recently and I've seen a few people calling for Ailing and stuff like that, which personally I think is laughable. I mean, can you imagine um, Ailing against Jack Clark the other week? I, you know, they'd, they'd have probably won yeah. two or three nil, you know, and that's, you know, as much as we all love Luke Ailing, it's this, this, any, anyone with any pace, Luke Ailing just is, he's not going to be, he's not going to be the man, but yeah. He's not the player he was, is he? And and I think you're yeah. right. If the, if there's somebody with pace that's running at him, he's going to be on the back foot all the time, and he's going to be struggling. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, if you think of um, when Spence were playing, I, I can't remember his name, but he was up against that seven, and Spence was struggling. I think it is unnatural for him. He's he's very focused on being a right-footed player. He always will stop, come back. You know, he had lots of chance to to run somebody on the outside. Um, and didn't really seem to take it. I've just pulled up that stat that we've just mentioned around Sam Byram. So Leeds United are yet to... So this was... Uh, I don't know if this was originally him or if he's picked it up from somewhere else, but Leeds since 66. Um, has said Leeds United is still yet to win a championship game this season without Sam Byram in the starting eleven. That's six games without him, five draws, one defeat. And I've won 12 of 16 with him in the eleven. Um, and it, it, it is clear to see. You know, I was... I've I've said on multiple podcasts now, I was really reticent. I didn't think he were going to come in and have any sort of impact. And yeah. I held my hand up right at the start because he hit the ground running and he's been a key player to us. And, and we really do need him back. And I think seeing Spence play on the right, I think that will be a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, I, I, you know, you touched on Gruev there as well. I think, um, you know, from that sort of perspective, we've not really seen much of him. And when he's come on, he's almost been an 8-10 slash rather than mm. playing. You know, my my understanding of his natural position is a 4. You know, he's a, yeah. he's, he's a defensive midfielder. So um, when we, when he's being put on for, to run round and make a nuisance of himself and whatever else, which he seems to do quite well, um, he's not even playing in his natural position. And so... Do you think that is a little bit of a trust? Or is it, right, we've got two players there that are working and therefore I'm not going to change it in the defensive midfielder, that, that double pivot? I think I think, I think Gruer's fourth choice in that central defensive midfield role. I think I think he trusts Ampadu and Kamara. And then if he, for whatever reason, those two, one of those two weren't available, I, I imagine he would probably bring Ailing or, or somebody else to play right back and move Archie into there before he'd bring Gruev in. Um, cool. now I don't know what the conversations were with Gruev before he signed, whether that was the agreement or what not. But I mean, I mean, modern day footballers generally have an idea where they sit in terms of squad hierarchy and, and positioning um, in their in their particular positions and where they where they where they lie. But the, I think the fact that we haven't seen very much of him is very much a trust issue. I don't think Farker thinks he's good enough, simply. Um, he doesn't even give him five or ten minutes. when, Even when we're looking leggy, um, you know, yeah. Ampadu and Kamara have been fantastic in there. Um, I, I partly disagree with, with what Lou said at the weekend. I thought Kamara was actually played all right. I thought he started started poorly, but he was he, he, following that. He, he seemed to get he seemed to win a lot of the ball back. He he just steps across his man and 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 shields the ball and wins the ball back on a number of occasions. Um, but he's not 
he's not going to score you a 30-yard screamer to win a game, is he? he? He seems scared of shooting. Now, whether that's tactically or whatnot, I don't know. But, but yeah, I think I think going back to the initial question around around trust and that, I, I think it absolutely is. I, 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 Brynan asked in the, in the comments a moment ago, um, do do we do we do we trust anyone off the bench to come on and make positively change a game? And I think I think he's spot on. I think I think the only person who really who we we would trust to actually make a difference, who has made a difference recently, is is Willie Nunto. And and like you say, Lou, the likelihood is he's only having cameos because we're just trying to minimise his game time because we're likely going to put him in the shop window in January. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think he trusts his starting eleven. I think maybe one or two more. Obviously, I think if if Byron was was fit, he, he he'd probably be one one that he trusted. And I think if we had a, a fully fit team, Kamara probably drops to the bench anyway because she played Jed Spence at right back and uh, and Byron at left back. So yeah, does he only trust that front eleven? Uh, sorry, that that first eleven. I think probably if we're looking at probably two or three. If we're looking at the whole season, I think it's harsh to say that. Anthony's had no impact. You know, he scored a good goal against Watford. Um, he played quite well against QPR, but obviously the bigger picture with that is that QPR were were, were pretty bad. Uh, you know, they were they were terrible at Ellen Road. I can't believe we only won it one nil. But and and also with with Gruev, he played against Stoke, and I think the problem that Gruev has is that he's not the full package compared to, like you say, the other three central midfielders in that. From what we've seen of him, he doesn't. He's not very progressive when it comes to passing, you know, it, like and making making the the through balls. Ampadu and Kamara particularly both do both the defensive work and they're looking to get forward. So they do a lot more than what Gruev seems to do. So his skills are very feel very limited to what we need in our team at the moment, which is obviously holding him back. Um, so it doesn't mean he's a bad player. He just probably isn't a player that we need at the moment. So, uh, Farker's never going to say he doesn't trust some of his squad, but, you know, we if we don't get a 10 and a left-back, I'd say top two is probably going to get further and further away from us, definitely. I think um, it's hope rather than expectation that Leicester and Ipswich will be impacted in January by players not being available to them through Asia Cup, African Cup of Nations, whatever else is going on. Um, because there is a potential for them to be impacted. Um, But as to Luke's point, if we're in a position where we're not winning these games, you mentioned Chef Wednesday, Birmingham were were poor. Uh, All right, they were better than than Rooney. Um, Rooney's uh, Birmingham, but um, even so, we should have beaten them and we didn't. Um, And that's where we're dropping points. We've actually done well against those sides that are further up the table because those are the sides that try and play football against us and that opens the game up for us. Um, and we, we can play when that happens. Um, but it, it does seem to be those games. So just have a look at the subs. So we've got Darlow, Ailing, Cooper, Grev, Anthony, Gellar, Nonto, Joseph and Bamford. I think out of those, the only ones that... Uh, so Bamford aside, who seems to be cursed, um, the only ones that have had a positive impact in an attacking sense uh, at, at this level in the past uh, are Anthony that were for another club. Uh, well, I say at this level, I was going to say Nonto, but that one at this level, he had an impact last season. He's not really mm. done much this season, I don't think. Um, no, so we have seen him influence a game before, but not for us recently. No, but I, I would say 
up and up until probably the last two or three games, Nonto hasn't had much of a positive positive effect. Um, but uh, but I would say with the last time, certainly the last two times he's come on uh, when we've been chasing either you know Sunderland or, or whether we've been chasing the win against Coventry, I thought he's he's come on and he has freshened things up and he has looked at, he has made us look a little bit. To be honest, I thought Joffy came on and did all right the other day. I don't think yeah. he was too bad when he did it. And 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 this look, it's it's not this. We can sit here and we can speculate about what Farker thinks about his team all day all day long, but we're never ever really going to know going to know the truth. And and but but the truths we're taking out of it is, you know, is is simply from a, from a game day. He sees them week in week out. We don't, you know, he sees them every day almost. Probably probably more than he sees his kids if he's got kids. Like so, spends more time with with these players. So he will know. He will know their capabilities. You know, he's 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 a good manager. He's a good manager, and and we've only got to take into account the start of the season we had and everything else, and you know the way he made Sinny train on his own, Willie train on his own as well. Did Cree train on his own as well? Was it the three of them? Oh, I'm not sure. I've made that up. I think about Willie uh, about Cree actually. I think I've made that up, but um, for some reason it was in my head. But yeah, so so, so when you're managing, you know, we've we've had we've had massive turmoil this season so far, and to still be in the position we're in. I think I don't know if we're just getting ahead of ourselves because any other season would be would be smug and actually just saying, yeah, do you know what? You expect to lose a couple, you expect to draw a couple of games, you should be winning, and and we would be pretty sitting here pretty smug, I, I think. But because mm. because of the perspective, uh, and Joe Joe said it really well, but much better than I probably could. But I can't remember the terminology used. But because of the perspective and and, and these two running away with it and having. Record-breaking season to put into perspective. They are. Both of them yeah, are record-breaking. Put into perspective the second and th- first and second or second and third of the championship ever in terms of points at this stage of the season. Bielsa's leads the season we went up are only down in eleventh. So that gives that that gives you a bit of perspective <laughs> how good we were that season. Do you know what I mean? So they're they're flying and so yeah. I mean I don't know if we're being overcritical um, sometimes because of being in third place rather than being in second or first, but. It is what it is, man. I still, I still very much trust the process, and I trust that Fark still knows what he's doing. And and like, as I said, yeah. there's a long, it's a long, long season. Yeah, yeah, it is, and 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 I think as well the importance of Christmas, particularly with the fixtures both Leeds and Ipswich have got, um, will tell a lot. I mean, we, we if we're playing Ipswich at home, Preston and West Brom, who, as the table suggests, are you know, decent championship teams, regardless of Ipswich, who are clearly, you know, really good and having a good season and everything else. If we can get um, seven points from those three games and they they lose to us potentially and they lose to Leicester, then things look really different. But at the minute, it's it's very easy to be to be negative about it. Oh, I can't see where the next win's coming from or anything like that. It was exactly the same in the championship under Bielsa where draws felt like defeats. We're not yeah. being, I don't think as a fan base, we're being entitled or anything like that. Like I remember draws feeling like defeats, but I think the difference between Bielsa and Farker and being in the championship this time is actually, we've not been in the Premier League for 16 years. I don't think any of the fan base can go, Oh, I'm desperate to get back to the Premier League. Obviously <laughs> we want to get there or anything like, so th- there is less desperation but when you are doing well and you are winning games and you're scoring goals and you're up there at the top, you want to carry on winning because, you know, <laughs> because it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's the whole reason you love it. But so we're in a good position still. And that's the thing. Like draws are going to feel like defeats because we're a really good team who 
have been made to look like we're underperforming when we drop points only because of the other two teams. Um, and, and, it, and it is hard to see past that when you look at the table. But I don't know how much I believe Farker when he says he doesn't look at the table and the players <laughs> don't look at the table. I think it's bollocks. Like, you know, like it's what you're playing for in a league. You're looking, you're looking at it. And I think we might see a, a really different, um, less lethargic leads this weekend because they'll know how big this game is. Go on, Luke. Agreed. No, I was gonna, I was gonna come on to more about Ipswich, but I know we'll come on to that in a bit. So, we'll, yeah. We'll yeah, no, that's fine. No, I, I, yeah. Um, so, Chris, Chris Gillett's asked a, a question. Um, does anyone remember a time we didn't need a new left back? Uh, and I think 1991, 92, when Tony <laughs> Dorigo was here, probably. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about Ian Hart, uh, but he was a free kick merchant. Let's be honest, he was just a shot on Gregan. He was very slow. He was, but he wasn't seen as it. He wasn't seen as a shit left back. So no, I guess. (laughs) So I guess that that must be the last good one, which is. Oh, nice one, Lou. Cool story, bro. Yeah. Oh, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get a phone call? No, I don't know what that was. Just all right. Okay. Yeah, he disappeared for a second. Um, but um, Skip's asked another question as well. Is If we do get it, so we've mentioned the need for a, a 10, somebody with guile, somebody that can pick that pass, see the movements and unlock a, a defence. But Skip asked, if we do get a 10, who gets dropped? Um, so, you know, he said he'd push Pirro as a nine and bench rutter because you can't drop James or Somerville. And if you look at their output and the impact and, and the, the goals and the assists that they've got, I can see where he's coming from. But at the same time, it's really difficult to drop any of that front four if you look at their stats. Yeah. I think I think oh. it'd just be, a, for me, it'd be a straight swap. So uh, in games where we're trying to unlock uh, rather than actually go for go, you know go for it, it'd be a straight swap for Piro for this creative number 10, whoever it may be, Pablo or, you know, you can use any examples you like, but somebody who's a natural 10 and not a second striker pretty much. Is, yeah. We don't have anybody in there to create anything. We rely on, as wingers doing well, we rely on Ruto doing a bit of magic or or Piro coming into the box. Beyond that, we don't other than Ampadu's lob forward for Ruto the other week, I don't think many others, if any, have got any assists, you know, from that from that back six, um, if you if you like. Um, we don't really have that creativity, you know. That um so so yeah, I mean, but but either way, no matter who you who you replace, you you're sacrificing something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't fact, think those I, I those think guys, those guys are sorry. They're go, those guys are not good enough at holding the ball up as nines. Rotter and Perot. It's Bamford used to be good at that. I don't know if he is anymore, but that that that's my issue with those two. We saw a lot in the first half against Coventry. The the ball bouncing off Rotter, and I think Perot is good in space, but I think when he's under pressure, he gives the ball away, and that's why I wouldn't trust either of them as like out and out nines. So what you're saying is you'd play Paddy Bamford? No, no, <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm saying I'm saying maybe give uh, Joseph a go, see if he's good at holding the ball up. You know, I think I think, I think what what we're missing is a bit of a happy medium as well. Rutter will press, you know, he yeah. will press, but he's finishing. He's he's debatable at times. Abysmal. Um, he's fucking yeah. abysmal. Let's um, say what it is. But I mean, his finishing has, in parts has been good. Like, I mean, let's say it just depends which Jorginho Rutter you've got on that day. Rutter's finishing absolutely incredible. He gets anywhere, he gets a shot in the Pirot. box nine times out. Of t- yeah. 
You said Rutters again. <laughs> yeah, I meant Piroz, yeah. And Piroz yeah. finishing his clinical, do you know what I mean? But then you do, he's a big lad. He doesn't move about like Rutter does, and he, he, he's not going to put as much pressure on the back line, so we mm. think, because we haven't seen him in there yet. But um, I just, for me, based on what we've seen this season, I would just like to see a little change, a little tweak. Maybe swap Rutter and Piro in those games, but more, you know, more permanently within the game. So rather than have them swapping, leave it, leave Rutter in the 10 and put Piro in nine and just see how we get on just for 20 minutes and just see if that yeah, makes yeah. any difference. We haven't seen that yet. No, we haven't. And I think that that, that that is actually one of the issues that we do have is we almost play without a nine because Rutter drops deep and Piro's looking to arrive late. So who's actually occupying the defence at that point in time? And I think that's what Mark Robbins was talking about with the runs from the centre of the park is we've got Jimmy and James doing all of the stuff that they're doing out wide and they are having good seasons so far. And we've got Piro in the 10 and Ruta dropping deep. And it's like, well, somebody's got to go and occupy that defence because otherwise they're just stood there taking up all of that space and stopping us playing. It's um, a really so weird, they're really interesting point of conversation, Ritter. I mean, I, I can't say I've ever seen a footballer like him in, in many ways. Like, You've got Peru who will put the ball in the corner, in the corners. Retair who just almost hits and hopes, really. He doesn't look like he's trying to place the ball anywhere. But it's like a slap shot in ice hockey, isn't it? It, just it is. It's so, it's so bizarre. But when he drops deep, he looks really dangerous. But then he's got the whole... And I don't know if it's the him holding the player off or the strength, but he always looks like he's just about to lose the ball. And when you compare him to like Somerville, who's got the ball close to his feet, he's skillful, he's got players backing off. Retair seems to have to work so hard to keep the ball. It's just it's just really bizarre. I don't really know how to explain it. Like it, w- watching him as a foot- footballer, he looks clumsy and strong, and it's just like, all these words that just sort of you know contradict each other, really, that, that, of how you describe him. But so it's so, the Paolo one chop effect. If, you, if, yeah. if, if he doesn't know what he's about to do next, how can you defend it? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess it is hard to do, to defend against. Um, it's yeah, he's bizarre. It is strange, but it's a, it's an interesting question. You know, if if you do buy somebody that is a, a Pablo, a Buendia, somebody like that that can unlock a defense and can play those passes in and and can hold the ball up and and get runners off him, mm. well, actually, then there's no space in that starting lineup for either Piro or Ruter if, if, if you're playing that person. So it is, it's a really interesting one. Um, yeah, okay. So, no, that's that's uh, that's fair. So there's a couple of others. Um, we've got a comment there. Disappointed with Shaxx this season. I know Kyle getting injured, but it was always going to be a squad player, but it's never available when needed. It's a shame. I think that's, it, it, it's true to say. And it might be un, a bit unfair saying we're disappointed with him because... He can't help being yeah. injured and he, he would love no. to be able to play. Uh, I think Farke did speak about trusting him early in the season, didn't he? Um, yeah. So it's an, an interesting and it, it looked like every bit as good. I mean, we played, other than the game when he played on the right wing early on in the season, we had two goalies on the bench. Um, I think he's looked relatively relatively steady for us. Do you know what I mean? When he's filled in either at left back or right back. Yeah. Mm. And I think if we'd have had him at left back and Spence would have been able to play on the right. Um, and potentially a grey in the middle if if um, if we're dropping Kamara out, we 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 actually I think we'll look completely different. We spent on the right, I really do. Um, and do you think that's in, something we'll see eventually? Then um, I with, hope so. As in presuming it's Kamara, they drop and bring Grey back into the middle. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 th I think so. Um, it, 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 a lot of it would depend on how much, you know, Farker spoke at the start of the season about wanting to have 100% possession and that he knows that that's not always going to be the case, but that's going to be the aim. They want the ball all the time. And yeah. Gray's more that than Kamara's, I think. Kamara's a reactive player rather than Gray's somebody somebody wants to get on the ball and make things happen. Well, it, it's why they worked well together. I mean, it, it's, it's weird to say that weird to see that he's moved him to right back considering how well Ampadu and Gray played in the middle at the start of the season. Um, I guess some of that is the fact that Kamara played some minutes and they were like, oh, so yeah. So it turns out he's pretty good. And then that sort of shifted the focus. It was like, right, so we've not got any decent fit right back. So let's try yeah. Archie, who's, who's getting better in that position. But, you know, he still has his struggles depending on the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And if we've got anybody did all right. Yeah. Anybody pacing tricky is, is going to struggle. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's played there for for the for the England youth side that when they won the the recent competition, I forget was it the Euros they won or something. Um, yeah. And he, he he played. I think he played at right back for, for them when they won that. Is it the Eng England under 18s? It was, wasn't it? Um, or 16s? I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, he played there um, for the majority of the tournament. So he he can play there. Um, but it's different playing against 16, 18 year old kids to. Uh, you know, to, to, to wingers that are arguably some of them good enough probably to play in the Premier League. So, um, but yeah, look, he's, he's done a job there. And quite rightly, like you say there, Lou, he, he was only put there because we brought in, um, we brought in Spence who got injured. We brought, uh, Shackleton was injured. Byram was playing on the left. Burpo was injured, so we didn't have another left back. So the only other option would have been to play Luke Gale in there. And yeah, we've already said how, how, how was having a nightmare. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, got it. Fairs. Um, and just a last uh, piece on the comments that we've had. Bremner's ghost is selling on to in January while probably getting Aronson back is not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I am. And I really don't want him to come back ever. But I did say at the end of last season, I felt that sort of step back would probably benefit him because I think with a little no. bit more time, playing at 10 and a little bit more time because we, he had some good games for us, if you remember last season. And look, I don't want him to come back because of the way he left and I don't want any of that lot to come back. And we'll come on to another one of them in a short while <laughs> who I don't want to come back. But but yeah, I thought, I felt at the end of last season, if he'd hung around, this would have been the best move for his career because it was either make or break. To go off on loan and fuck off and do whatever you do shit in, in another top league that's played in the European competitions is pointless. He should have took a step back with us because arguably I felt he would be quite impactful in this league because he's got tricky feet. He, he's quite good with his feet. And, and and you look at the game against Chelsea, he was probably our man of the match when we beat him 3-0 last season. Um, mm. So, so but, but yeah, I mean, it's what could have been. Do you know what I mean? I don't ever want to see him in a lead shirt again, but I actually think he could add something because that's, that's the... That's the the ilk of the player we're probably looking at, and and at this level, I think he probably could have been could have been quite quite. Good. I see what you're saying, but all I can picture is skillful players in this league and not protected. I, the amount of times we'll see Brendan Harrison fouled and the ref wave and play on is just going to be pretty. Look at Adele Tarat, probably arguably the best player ever in the championship, though. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not as good as Aaron Adele Tarrant, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, I think make or break is the right thing because he will get kicked in the air. He, he is soft as shit. Um, if he can be quick enough and nimble enough to get away from the tackles, he might do all right. Um, it's unlikely that 
Oh, <laughs> Big Lou's gone. <laughs> He's actually gone, gone this time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, um, you know, he's he's so lightweight. He's like a Rizla paper. Um, yeah. That I, th- I think it's the um, um, it, it, it's. Yeah, I don't want to see him back. You know, there's talk about somebody was saying today about um, if Sinistera doesn't walk into your starting lineup, it's just because you um, you uh, hold a grudge and not because you recognise that he's the best player that we would have. All of that sort of rubbish. You know, you talk about Cock, who's um, still, for me, the worst centre-back we've had in 10 years. Um, Lorente, who's trying to rival him for that. Um, <laughs> you've got Christensen, who um, Skip who has just said. Yeah. <laughs> Roma fan screaming Rasmus is the worst signing ever for them. He scored an own goal at the weekend. Is <laughs> so it? Oh, sorry. Nice. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not even a... It's not even a... It's not even, a, it's not even like a... Luke on goal. It's almost like he puts it in his own net. <laughs> it's like he meant to do it. Have you seen it? No, I've not actually seen it. No, I'll I've find just it for you later, it. mate. Honestly, it's fucking horrible. Like he's he's running back towards his goal. He defends, and instead of just trying to put his left foot around it and getting it away from his goal, he's sort of heading towards his goal. He just puts his right foot into it and puts it in the bottom corner. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got it under control before he has a shot. It's a great finish. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, and then, you know, um, somebody else is going to come on to, but um, you know, I think if you look at the amount of money that we've sent out on loan, that, that we spent on those players and sent out on loan, it's it's pretty terrible, isn't it? Um, especially yeah. when you consider that we've probably signed better players to replace them for yeah. minimal fees. So I, th- I think um, I think that, that just on that quickly before you move on, mate, I think that that's a concern for me. And, and, and I'll tell you why, because if we don't go up this season, which is... I know hypothetical speaking and all that. I know we should, we're arguably the second or third, fourth best team, whatever. Um, if we don't go up this season, we've got all these players returning to us on relatively good contracts, even on 50% wages. Or yeah. if they have to go back on loan again, then they have to go back on loan. But, you know, we've, we're going to lose the best players we've got. Some of them will be gone. Rutter, arguably. Um, Ampadu, probably. Maybe, yeah. Um, but you're looking then... We're not going to sign Rodon. Jed Spence goes. Yeah, you know, yep. you're then looking at and, almost and a full Archie squad Gray rebuild. Will be very difficult to to keep hold on. Yeah, at that point. yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's and and that's what concerns me. Not just because of the the makeup of the squad, but financially as well. You know, we're not going to yeah. get as money back on those players that that we've we're bought, not. and and they all cost a decent amount of money. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's tough. It is very, very tough. Who would be in sports management and and, and finances <laughs> and that? I could not be asked. And this is a problem not of the 49ers making, but it's something that they're going to have to come up no, with. No, they've inherited it, don't they? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. So, um, Bryn asked a question earlier on that I missed. Uh, you've been umpiring, Gilly. It's actually cream, it's not white. Uh, and it, it's one of my favorites, actually. I like it, Scott. But, um, <laughs> so stop picking not, on him. Yeah, so stop picking on me, you big bully. Um, so um, I want to move on. I think you've got a video ready for us. Um, so have. we'll just have a conversation off the back of this if you want to play it. Yeah, let's hit the play button. For those that haven't seen this yet, um, prepare to be shocked, maybe. I don't know. Let me know if you can hear it. All right, just give me a thumbs up. <laughs> Geelong. 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 Geelong.
Can you have a seat, please? Can you lad have a seat? Jack! Jack, can we still have your seat? Where is it? Jack, can you have it? Thank you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So there we see Jack Harrison celebrating. Had a decent game, I think, at the, uh, the other day for uh, for Everton. Um, he obviously comes over to his mum if, 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 if you can't, if you're not watching, if you're sorry, listening to this through through audio. We just obviously played that video, but um, yeah, a couple of things about that for me, Jack. And, and I, that's only the third time I've watched that video because I was disgusted at it the first time, absolutely disgusted. I was like fuming with it, but actually, Jack doesn't do a lot wrong. And when he says to him, "Don't leave," and that he's putting his thumbs up, but he gets out of the way. Do you know what I mean? And and it's changed my opinion ever so slightly on it, ever so slightly. I still very much with the opinion. I think he's a snake and he's pissed off and he's done pretty much as bad, if not worse, than. Sinistera, um, Aronson, th- the rest of them. And I'll tell you why. My, my, I'll give you my reasoning for this. Um, Jack was given a platform by Leeds United to, 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 to showcase how good he was under Marcelo Bielsa. And, I, and to be fair, he ran his socks off for Marcelo Bielsa and he you know, turned blood to water and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he's left. He's left people he considers probably friends after being part of the problem getting relegated. And that's why I feel it's slightly worse. Maybe not as bad as Sinistera, who threatened to sue the club or, or whoever it was. Um, but he's still part of the problem that got relegated. He had, he had an opportunity, you know, he's probably not on tiny money. He would, probably, would have probably been on 40, 30 grand a week instead of 60 or to 80 grand a week that he was on. He was half his wages. Give us one season. Give us one season to make that back up. And, and his mum just doesn't help things here. His mum really doesn't help things. You know, oh, fuck off, she says, when he says, don't go back to Leeds. You know, yeah. I mean? And he's holding her hand. I, I agree. Her hand. 
I agree, but I think I think people are people pleasers, mate. You know, if you're in a crowd of of people like that, you're just you know you're just you're just people pleasing. I don't think Jack Jack Harrison's done a lot wrong there, really. Like you know, it, players get all coy about those you know sorts of things. They get shouted at them all the time. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot in this. I, his mum has definitely not helped things, um, but I don't know. I, I, I struggle to see actually to. I'd probably be annoyed about it if he'd left us in a bad situation. But with with the wingers we had left and with how they've performed this season, are we really that annoyed? No, I don't suppose. I, I don't suppose so. But nobody, nobody could have. I mean, I certainly, I certainly did, but nobody else did it's on this podcast could have predicted how good a season Dan James was going to have for us. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I mean. I don't think it's necessarily to do with the position. It's you know there is mates who got he got promoted with who he spent you know he spent a couple of years on loan here, uh, then eventually we, we bought him from City. You know we, we we give him the opportunity to show how good he was, and then he's decided to go to let's not let's not make no make no jokes either. He was going to Everton, who were who were fav- one of the favourites to be battling relegation. Now fair enough, they've turned it around this season. They're having quite a good season on the dice, despite the ten point deduction, but. He thought he was walking into a squad that was going to be flirting with relegation again, which they still are, I suppose. But they'll, I think they'll clear it by a mile this season. But what sort of aspirations does that say? Is he gone for money? Is, is is it just money? Because he's not he's not going to play in the Premier League because of international duties. Because let's face it, he's not going to get selected for England anytime soon. So what what benefit has he got other than monetary? He's still contracted to us for another four so 20, years, isn't he? Five years, yeah. So I think for for me, um, I, I'm I, I'm of a position where I don't really want to see back any of the players that have gone out on loan, um, unless it's youth that have gone out on loan that are, have gone because they won't get minutes with us. Um, you know those first teamers. I, I think I'm I'm done with them. Of all of them, Jack Harrison's the one I'm least pissed at. And the reason for that is we had him on loan for three seasons. We were supposed to sign him after the first and after the second, and we eventually signed him after the third. Mm. Um, uh, he, he worked hard every... And I know that that's not that shouldn't be something that we praise people for, because they all should. He was only on loan for two years, but wasn't he? he? he worked, I think it was three. I think we extended it, was, it again. him in the, in the third season, I think. But it was at the end of the yeah. third season. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you know, we, we we were supposed to sign him and we didn't, and then and you know we renegotiated it and all of that sort of stuff. But then Rads did his best to ship him out to Leicester, and to all intents and purposes, he was gone. And I think the it, at the very end of that, the 49ers went, no, actually, we're not, and he were already there. Rads had told him he were being sold, and then he came back and he were back in the side and he were expected to perform and he worked hard and he's one of the most frustrating players we've had because. It was so hot and cold, you know. Against West Ham, he scored an hat trick, and in the next two games, he he couldn't he couldn't he, he couldn't get a shot on target. Um, you know, he he is a frustrating player because he's inconsistent. Um, but if he'd have been as consistent as his best games in every game, we would never have had him in the first place. It'd have been in the Champions League side because his yeah. best game was far and away uh, like you know the the only person that could. Um, beat him really is Rath over that period in terms of impact to the side when he were on his game. Um, so I think as a club, we'd messed him about quite a bit. Yes, we'd give him a platform to succeed, and he'd done that. Um, 
but we'd also messed about quite a bit. So I think because of that, and because it felt like he didn't really leave under a, a black cloud, you know, the one the legal threats that Sinny and Co had, had, had put towards the club. I'm not enamoured with the idea of having any of them back, but he's the you know one what, that though, I would Gilly? be least pissed at. Whilst whilst I partly agree with some of that, I think I think he signed a brand new contract this year, so a few months before the season ended. Do you not feel he's using us as a bit of a booty call? He knows he can come back here on the 40 grand. Say for say he was on 80 grand, his new contract. That's a complete guess, by the way. It probably wasn't anything like that. But let's use 80 grand as a as a as a as a as a, as a ballpark figure. He knows, regardless what happens this season, he can come back to Leeds United on 40 grand a year for another four years. Regardless what happens in his career, he could come back and still be paid 40 grand a year for the next four years after the year he's been on loan. Yeah, but the club put that contract in front of him to sign. Yeah, I suppose, but still. You know, yeah, some, somebody right. somebody offers you something that, that, that there's no downside to it. You can push yourself to go for a loan because there's a loan deal in there. You're going to be guaranteed high level of wages because you're going to get your 30 or 40 at the bare minimum if you don't get a loan move and whatever else. Somebody puts that sort of deal in front of you, you'd be mad to say no to it, wouldn't you? I would, but I think if I if if I look at what the club had maybe maybe not maybe done for me is probably the wrong thing when you've just explained how many times he was on loan and everything else. But I suppose I suppose it goes back to having a little bit of dignity for me. Uh, and actually, if he was a right, if he was the, if he was, look at Dan James, what we put him through and what he's come back and done. Yeah. 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 Great, great, great attitude, really. Like, it's, it it's a weird one. I mean, the two players we're talking about, um, potentially coming back, Aaron's, Aronson and Harrison, would be the least, the players are least begrudge coming back. Like, there's talk of Sinistera even coming back um, in January, which I don't know how true that is, but I've seen a few things doing the rounds because he's not getting game time or whatever. But we have short memories as well as uh, as as football fans. It's as in everybody hated Nonto for a, for a time when he was trying to force a move and throwing his toys at his pram, and and then you know some older heads got him calmed down and everything. Are there people? People aren't really talking about that. It's it's all gone quiet. But he's definitely going to go in January. A lot a lot of Leeds fans think the re- some of the reason he's not playing is because Farker doesn't want to get too um, reliant on him because it's likely that someone will sell him in January, which you know I guess would make sense. I see that. Mm. Um, I see that. But but yeah, yeah, I I, I do agree with the point that um, of all the players that might come back. Um, you know, so Cox out of contract at the end of the season, he won't come back. No, um, so he, he's one we can rule out. Anyway, I understand if you don't get promoted players... anyway, though, then then these contracts replay. As far as I understand, I thought I read something, maybe Phil Hay or something. I, I'm not sure what you mean in terms of they can go back out on loan again. So they can go back out on loan if we don't get yeah, promoted. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I I expect that's the case because um, I think it was uh, if we're not in the Premier League. Not uh, if we get relegated that one season. So I expect mm. that would be the case. But you know, we, without being able to see the contracts, we'd have to just see. Where yeah, I mean, we have, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure I read something anyway. I'm, I could, I'm, I could have been dreaming. I usually do. How bad? <laughs> How, I like talking about these players now is just depressing. How bad were they? It really <laughs> is. <laughs> it really so, is. That was so bad, man. <laughs> oh. Um, so just looking at Jack Harrison's stats. Well, looking at Everton's stats. Um, we, we 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 see Dwight McNeil's got four assists and two goals. Now he's shit. 
he's really shit and he's their best assister. Uh, Jack Harrison's on three assists and one goal, uh, but he's played three fewer games. So they're at about the same um, and they're really poor. Now, Everton have won their last four games in a row, which is a real shame. I, I, you know, there, There's no way they were ever going to get relegated this season with the shite that, that's in the Premier League. It is a really weak league with, the, with those pre-promoted sides. Um, so it is a real shame that Everton aren't going to struggle. But um, yeah, that's just... That's just the situation, I'm afraid. But I, I think most of that were his mum rather than him. Yeah, I agree. Just caused him a bit of a storm. Um, I, I did, um, while I were there, I, I had um, the assists up. So we were talking about, uh, so Luke, you made a point about the uh, Leeds assists and, and that, that wasn't really coming from anybody outside the front four. Um, so Kamara's the best outside that, where he's got two assists and no goals. Um uh, and actually, Piro's only got one assist, but he's got eight goals. So, you know, we'll, 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 eight now, we'll, we'll let him have that. Um, beyond that, uh, it is Luke Ayling. <laughs> uh, goal. couple of goals, hasn't he? One goal, one assist. Uh, Did he not get one in the cup stay. as well? Or was that in the uh, cup? I don't matter anyway, I can't be asked. This is the matter. championship in the EFL Cup. So if you got one in the FA Cup, it's not counted. Uh, so, Nonto, Ailing, and Byram all on one goal, one assist each. Shaq on one assist. Archie Gray on one assist. And Ethan Ampadu on one assist. Uh, we all remember Ampadu's one assist. It was the long ball to, to Ruto. Uh, magic touch. And then, then went through one goal. Um, but, yeah, I think um, I think it, it's, it is uh, telling that it's our front four that have got all the stats and there's very, very little coming from anywhere else. Um, I actually expected Byron to have a bit better than that because he's had a bit more impact. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it is what it is. That's that, and and he's had 19 games. He's got one goal, one assist from left back. Kamara um, and Ampadu don't even look like scoring either, do they? They really <laughs> don't. I mean, Ampadu, it, when it, when we've seen him shoot, it it doesn't look natural, does it? It's not something. It's that's not part of his natural game. Yeah, it's not Adam Forshaw bad, but it's it's you know it's <laughs> close. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, that's that element. So um, just want to move on to um, a couple of things. So uh, we had another comment here. Um, if I can get to comments and then look at the ones that have been starred. Come on, hurry up. Um, so my um, shit take of the week. Um, so I think <laughs> one of the things it might have fell off. Hey, has got a shit take this week, my little spatter fact. Nearly. I'm there for you. I did. You can't yeah. do Brent out of his little moment. Of I know. Fucking... I know. Brent. 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 Brent sorry, Brent, not Brent. I get <laughs> yeah. them both mixed up. Even worse when I'm pissed. It's easy done. <laughs> um, Jason O'Keefe asked this question, but this is my shit take of the week as well. Where is this talk about sacking Farker come from or why we shouldn't sack Farker? I, I don't get that last bit. But um, it, it's, oh, is that just because people are arguing about it? Because for me, it's it's it's... It is Brent's voice, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's just ludicrous to consider that it, you look at the start that we had and you look at the fact that we're third behind two record-breaking seasons for Ipswich and Leicester. Um, and I, I think I, I was going to ask Lou, I was going to ask you a question earlier on after we touched on this and I just uh, it, it slipped my mind again, is does it feel like there's no real jeopardy at this point in time? And that's why it's a bit difficult to get excited about it because we're not actually pushing the top two. We're not close enough to say that we're pushing. But we're so far away from seventh, we're kind of 
come from? No, but I think that's where our fun comes from, at least until, you know, we're going to get playoffs. I don't think we're going to crumble enough to get to not get playoffs. So I think oh, that's... God. I, I think, I think <laughs> that's... <it> now. <laughs> our, our fun is going to come from chasing the top two. So, you know, that's... <laughs> That's what we have to hold on to. That's what we have to believe. You know, I am going to sit there and watch Ipswich games in the hope that they, you know, fuck up. And I will continue to do that. I'll, I'll probably, after last night, I'll probably stop watching the Leicester games now and just sort of accept that one. But um, <laughs> though, Just really quickly, just to put in, Leicester, both Leicester and Ipswich are conceding a lot of goals, a lot of shit goals as well. So they're not, yeah. they're not unbeatable. They're so I, they're not. Away. They're not. I was looking at this last night and... Actually, the players that they're losing to the African Cup of Nations, and I, I think it's four, is um, Fatawu, uh, Mabadidi, Ndidi, and Patson Daka. So they're all offensive players. Yeah, you know, um, well. and Ianacho. So, that, so that's essentially five. Um, Patson Daka is from Zambia, who I think is still in the African Cup of Nations. They should be. Uh, so, so that's, yeah, that's all attacking players. So, I struggle to see how it won't have an impact, at least in the the final the final third. You know, like it's it's clutching its straws in, in, in like, some ways. It's like us losing Piro, Somerville, yeah, Dan James and and Rutter. It's like us losing that four because they're, they're well, it's there. it's annoying really because when we beat Leicester and we sort of cut the gap, and I know it was a few games ago, it was potentially nearly seventeen points between us and them, and. It's 13 points now. So, like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's they're, they're nearly back where they, you know, were going to be. So, I think we can just write Leicester off in general. Like, they, they look like a Premier League side. They get it done when we don't in those games. And they've won the last two games 3-2 against Millwall and Birmingham, who are two underperforming sides. They are conceding goals, but they're just too good going forward, you know. It's we can write them off. So going back to what you said, Gilly, I think that's just yeah. Our fun is going to come from us hunting down Ipswich, and that's going to be the thing we look towards until we get to potentially Easter, where they might be still the same amount of points ahead, and then we go right. You know, I, I don't want to settle for, for for playoffs because we all know what's going to happen. We'll get Sunderland. <laughs> they'll play two banks of four, and Jack Clark will score, and they'll win one nil in the semis. Like it's happening, isn't it? My so he's English, apparently. Oh, is he? Yeah. So maybe, so maybe, he, maybe it was the four. Yeah, in actual, in that show, Daka and yeah. Ndidi and Fatou. Yeah, oh, Fatou, Daka, yeah. in actual, and Ndidi. So yeah, he was pocket. Um, sorry, go on. He Fatou was was he? Did he give Sam Byron a really hard time in that in that game? Didn't he? He did. He did. Probably the only player to do that. He got your book, didn't he? And then um, I think Leeds kind of uh, shored it up a little bit and, and made it so mm. that it was less a, a one-on-one at each time. But yeah, he, he did he did run in. But um, so Jewsbury Hall's having a, a stupid, stupid name. Um, but um, he's having a good season. Nine assists, seven goals. Um, Vardy's got seven goals, but he's injured at the moment. Mavididi's up there as well. Um, but you, you take, so Mavididi's got seven goals. You take him out. Um, you take your Nacho out, um, who's on six goals, and you know, especially with Vardy injured, they're very reliant on one or two players. Um, but I, I, 
I, there were a point made in the comments, actually. I, I, I forgot to star it, so I don't know who said it. Apologies. But um, they'll also have a good draw because they can just go and sign someone. Yeah. Whoever they're signing, um, if that's from the championship side or if that's from um, you know, France or Spain or whatever that might be, it's yeah. a very likely position that they'll be in the Premier League next season. Yeah, well, it's, it's easy. It's an easy pull. They'll go, look, we've got you know three or four really good players out for the next sort of three or four weeks. Um, you're going to be getting some game time in that, that time when they come back, it might change, but let's be honest, we're going to be in the Premier League and that's going to be the league you're playing in next season. So it's an easy sell, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. And, you know, like say they were missing a left back, for example, and there's, you know, that Ian Matson at Chelsea want to move and it's between us and them. Who's going to, who's going to get him? Do you see what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. we, we won't have that we'll still have to work a lot harder for our <laughs> to do our convincing, I think. We will, absolutely. Um, so, moving on to the upcoming games then. So, uh, first one, Deep Switch. Um, so, Luke, I'll come to you first on that. Um, is the side going to pick itself again? You see any changes? Yeah, I think I think this is actually a game where, where Piro actually works. So, after all we've said about him not being a great second striker, this is the type of game it does work because Deep Switch will come, they'll leave gaps in... In that 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 spot, uh, in the behind, I forgot what you call it. Um, the seventeen, whatever, what that guy called it the other day. Can you remember? <laughs> yeah, just outside. Um, it, it, um, fourteen, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Talk about the areas of the pitch and the way that you yeah. break it down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, within within there, I, I just feel I feel this is the type of game, and it showed with Ipswich away. I think if Ipswich continue to play how they have all season, I'd, I have no reason to believe. That they won't, um, unless McKenna's done his homework and said, "Right, we're going to sit back all game and just going to defend this one out," which they're not that good at, by the way, because they have conceded a lot of goals away and for, and at home. Um, I see, I see it going very similar to the to, to the game at their place. Um, I, yeah, I, I just feel, I just feel we'll be man if we go if them go man for man and play a similar style to us, we will beat them for me. Um, and and that that's our bread and butter, but. But what we what our bread and butter actually should be is beating the teams that are shit in the league, and we'd actually be up there with them then. So um, yeah, yeah. If they if they, if, I don't think they will defend. Uh, I see it going only one way. I think we'll beat them convincingly actually at home. Um, but but yeah, it's, it makes it makes for a good spectacle for a neutral, I suppose. I'll be at my heart, I'll be in my mouth all game. But I'll uh, yeah, I'm sure. I I just fancy is, there's 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 so many teams that could or should have been on the end of a hiding this season. I just feel it's this is this is might be the one that it comes. You think we're going to batter him? I do. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's zones, isn't it? Zone fourteen was zone the uh, 14 or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure you answered the question I asked, so I'm going to ask. Oh, no, sorry, no problem. <laughs> do you think um, we're going to change any of the personnel? So I think if sorry uh, if. Byron's still not fit, so I expect Spence left back. Yeah, I, I expect the exact same lineup, starting lineup. I would like to see changes, but ha- given they've had a week recovery from last week, where we've not had a game midweek this week, I think it will probably go with the same starting eleven, and we'll all be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" And then when we're in four-one, which is going to be my prediction, by the way, um, <laughs> uh, we will um, we will all be like, "Oh, sorry, we got it all wrong." But um, <laughs> I would like to see I would like to see more changes in the game at Preston. Preston are are a work, much worse footballing team. They've just been spanked at home. You know, there's much more chance 
to uh, to, to change things around a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's it'll be past the halfway point of the season. Players will be starting to get even more leggy now. I believe Farker has had that plan in his head all along, you know, to change things up at that halfway point as well. Not massively, but enough to create more of a question mark to the opposing uh, coaches and that. So yeah, I expect I expect will be uh, I expect will be unchanged for the for the starting eleven. Lou, I agree with the uh, the, the lack of changes, um, and I also I don't think it will be a battering. I think it's obviously a game that everybody is looking at as a game that's going to have a lot of goals. But what the, the key bit that Luke said that, that I agree with would be the fact that they're not there was not going to be three or four men marking Somerville. I think Somerville's going to have a bit more space than he has done. And I think you know, with with those with our front four having a bit more space, I think they can be a little bit more um yeah, efficient, I guess, than they have been in the last couple of games. So I think we'll win. I think it will be uh three one. So I, yeah, I think I, I think we'll have that that joy. And in that time, Luke was talking. I've managed to convince myself that after Preston, we beat Ipswich, we beat Preston, and Ipswich lose these two games. The gap's four points, and then we're looking at a completely different ball game. And that isn't considering they've got Leicester. I think after us, it's yeah, not yeah. the most. It's not the most outrageous suggestion for there to be a four point gap. Ten does sound like a lot, but when their ne- next fixtures are first and third. It could be thirteen it, after the after Saturday, though. Yeah, well, yeah, there is, <laughs> there, there is, but this is why we said it's such a big game. Like you know, I, we this is almost a perfect game for us, having sat you know in front of those defenses for the last two games in this this negative way of playing. And uh, look, we can't expect teams to come to Ellen Road and and do it. Plymouth tried to do it. We've gone. What have they done that for? And it's like, well, who gives a shit? <laughs> Like who gives a shit? We're gonna win. We're gonna win those sorts of games. And if unless Ipswich surprise us and do something different, um, and like you said, Luke, they're not very good at that anyway. I think they're gonna stick to their philosophy. They don't seem like anybody like a team that are gonna change it up too much. So yeah, three-one, uh, no changes. Uh, if we do need to make some changes, let's hope the subs come on a little sooner. So one of the changes that we kicked around um, before the game at the weekend was. Should Gray go to left back to let Spence play right back, meaning only one of them's playing out of position instead of both of them? But Gray ain't playing out of position at right back. He played there for England. He did. Um, but Spence would be in his natural position, I think, is the point. Yeah, I, but I also think that Spence is more... He's got, he's got much more experience to be able to play on the left than, than, than you put in basically a kid that's never played at left back at all. In yeah. His life but, but he doesn't look like a kid. Or, he, he, I think he's probably a more intelligent footballer than, than, uh, than Spence. So I wouldn't be against Gray at left back and Spence at right back just to see, you know, if we yeah. attack down that, down Spence's channel uh, and, you know, might take the, with Dan James him against Lee Davis. You think about yeah. that pace, that pace yeah. that's Dan James and Jed Spence together. Yeah. I could I, I could make an argument for, for 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 against Jack Clark, and if their best defender is play, their best attacker is playing on the left wing, then I think Jed Spence should play at right back because mm. Jed Spence is a natural right back, and that is his position. And he'll know how to defend out there. Games like this, I don't actually know who's the best winger. I would argue that their best winger is their right winger who scored that belter of a goal the other week. Um, Wes Burns. That's him. Yeah. 
Um, so, so yeah, I, I would still leave Spence on the left for this game. Fez, um, so I've gone 3-2 on this one. I think it will be a, a, a pretty close game. I think we'll have enough, but I think it'll end up being a bit of a basketball. It'll be end-to-end. I think we'll just have a bit a bit too much up front. Um, but I, I, I don't see an easy one in this one. I think it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, um, which the old ticker is going to struggle with. But, uh, you know, is mm. what it is. Um, so I think, uh, and, and I, I do agree with you. I think you know, the, the the first team, the, the starting eleven, I think it's pretty, until such a time as we get Byron back, um, who I think comes straight back into the team as soon as he's fit because of the season he's had so far. I think the team's picking itself. The first 11 is going to be the first 11. Is this a hyperbole by Smarty or what? Why would you play somebody who excels in a certain position somewhere else because a child's played there internationally? Why would you play somebody? <laughs> You're almost contradicting yourself in the same sentence there, Smarty. He's played there internationally. But there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, against kids. Um but he was a kid, so it was against Piers. But um, yeah, I, 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 it was it, the reason I asked the question is because it was an interesting one, and I'm not entirely certain how I feel either way. Um, mm. But um, it, I, I think you are right. He's an intelligent footballer. He's just natural. I think Spence is more of an athlete than an intelligent individual. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, a few a few people said they weren't um, they weren't pleased with his body language, um, which I thought was a bit a bit harsh. Yeah, uh, or Jed, Jed Spence, yeah. I, I don't. I think he needs a bit more of a chance, like doesn't he? He <laughs> doesn't like to get back though. When he's going to be many, many made his runs forward, he'll stand <laughs> on the left wing quite happily, won't he? Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> We've all been there. Why he might be better, which is, which is my, why he might be better at right back because Dan James actually does get back and cover a bit more than Creed does. So, yeah, true. But the, Cree's best games are when he does that. When he he just wants the ball everywhere and he'll just he'll chase back. He'll just you know, he'll just work his ass off. Yeah. So <laughs> Andy's gone six two leads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a solid prediction. <laughs> it is. Um <laughs> so um moving on to Preston then. Um Luke mentioned that they've been battered. They they got smashed at home five one by Watford. Uh Watford who have not been particularly good this season. Um I can't remember. Do we ever beat Preston the, though? The ninth. I feel uh, like we always draw against away from him. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, Beckford did his best, didn't he, um, to to negate anything that Preston were going to do against us yeah. when he played for him. Um, but no, I, I, I I've not gone and looked at the head-to-head history. It doesn't feel like a team that we regularly get a result against. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking, Gilly. Alex Neal's just lost his job at um, Stoke, so he'll probably be in charge at Preston, which means we definitely won't win. <laughs> <laughs> The last two times we played them, we drew. We beat them in we beat them in 2019. Uh, we beat them in 2018. Uh, they won two. We drew. We beat them. We beat them. Drew. We beat them. Yeah, it's mixed. Mixed really over the last um, over the last 13 times we've played them. We've won six, lost three, drawn four. Okay. Green's here. Like... is all up. Yeah. <laughs> anyone? Really anyone going to? Kit against Preston. <laughs> anyone going to Preston away on Boxing Day? Remember, I'm we're going wearing the blue kit. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, yeah. In terms of personnel, then I think I think 
we might be identifying that one as somewhere we might see some changes. It's a quick turnaround. It's Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so, Lou, who do you think we might see there? At Preston. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we're talking mostly about changes at the back. Um, but it will be a good indicator to see about the trust levels because he doesn't seem intent on resting players. Like I think Ampadu spoke to the press today about people saying he might, you know, is he exhausted from all the games he's playing? And he says that he's in a, he's, he's physically in a good place and that he's, he's, you know, monitoring his recovery really well. Um, I honestly can't see much change happening unless player, player takes a knock. We've seen the the extremes of how badly we've played. If He made, I guess you could call it wholesale changes against Stoke, and we saw a massive difference. And I think that was a real eye-opener for us to say, OK, right, well, Farker knows what he's doing because he's picking the best team. Like every other game, he's been picking the best team. And it was probably a moment of realisation for him where he was like, right, so now I know my eleven. Um, yeah, because it because it was a horrific performance. I mean, you probably can't count the first few games, but we haven't played as badly as that all season. The the Stoke game was was terrible in many ways, and Bamford got the the brunt of it because of the whole penalty thing, which yeah, he can fuck off for. So um, so you're saying at the back, but are we seeing Gruev come in maybe? I wouldn't be against it if 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 his role was um, to be in front of the the back four and stick to his strengths because I don't think you're going to get the same progressive passing midfielder um, strengths that, that that we've seen with with Kamara and Ampadu who can do both like I said earlier. So I wouldn't be against it. You know, he's clearly you know he, he's a Bulgarian international. I, I I wouldn't know a lot about Bulgarian football or <laughs> what that means, but. If he's an international player, he's been a, a reputable German club. There's clearly a, fo- a football player there. We just haven't seen it yet. So I wouldn't be against it uh, at all, as long as he was comfortable in the team with the role that he's been given. Because uh, as we're seeing the whole square pegs, round hole sort of thing or whatever, hasn't doesn't work. And we haven't seen the best leads yet, I don't think, on that basis. Um, so... Let's see. I think, yeah, central midfield and the the wing backs are, are what we're most likely to see the changes. And on that, then, so there's talk in the comments about Furpo being available. Yeah, expect him to come back in. As the only natural left back, I'd say you'd probably have to. Um, that does, of course, if he has a good game, Furpo left back, Spence right back is is what. We've been talking about obviously that gives us a little bit of um creativity in in selection in midfield. So it should be a good thing that we're talking about, but we're talking about Junior Furpo. So we we <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's it sh- this should be a good thing because before Furpo came back and we realized, you know, how awful he is again, we were going, yeah, as soon as Furpo's back, it's gonna be Spence right back, Furpo. Uh, Strout, Rodon, Kamara, Ampadu, and we're all happy. Um, but again, Farker loves Gray, and he's just not out. He's not out of place in this team. And I, I, I just think, I think perhaps Kamara would sit out if that does happen and Furpo comes back. Um, 
Well, I hope it is. Um, and I do love Kamara, by the way. I, we, we did disagree on the game he had the other day, but um, I think maybe I'm just thinking about the time he tripped over the ball or something. I don't know. I, can't, <laughs> I just I can't get out well, of my he head did start for some poorly. reason. He definitely did start the game poorly. I agree with that. But he, he yeah. came into it and he won a lot of ball back when it wasn't even there to be won on, on a few occasions. Um, mm. For me, though, in terms of personnel, I think we see. I think we were probably right. I probably see three or four, um, three or four changes. I think maybe um, not just personnel-wise, but positionally. I think I'd like to see the. I'd like to see Kamara and uh, sorry, not Kamara, uh, Piro and Rutter swapped for that game. I'd like to see Nonto come on, maybe for maybe maybe start over Cree, give Cree a bit of rest, just give some of these players that you know. West Brom's going to be a tough game away from home. Very tough game. Ipswich is going to be a tough game. Of the three, Preston is the easiest based on their current results. Yeah. Um, and that would be the one I'd be looking to start maybe maybe resting one or two. I would maybe not even maybe make four changes. Maybe two or three, I think, I think would be enough to, you know, just to give people game time, but also give people enough of a break as well. Um, whether you start them, start the players that, that, that you would normally start, but make the changes much, much sooner. Um, to, to, to give those tired legs a rest, or what? I don't know. But um, are you saying there's the, two two part of the bus teams? Would you say there, Preston and West Brom, of West Brom, what, no. of, of what we're likely to see? No, not West Brom. No chance. West Brom are flying, man. That should that could be a good away day for us then, if they don't do that. So West Brom have only won two be. in the last five. They've but, lost but two this, in drama. Yeah. But they're a good, good football inside. Yeah, they are. They, are, they, they play they, decent football. They try and play football. They, 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 they are. They are, but are they going to be? Are they going to be good enough to beat us if they do that? That's 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 the thing. Like the, the way to beat us is to is to is to park it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and we and we've struggled. So is is does is feels a little bit more diverse than Bielsa, and I don't want to compare the two, but you know if they have similar similar ideologies or whatever. I didn't look at West Brom um, against Leeds at the start of the season and think Bielsa. I don't know about anyone else. No. No, absolutely not. I um, I didn't think they were particularly attacking either. They've got they've got Jed Wallace in their team. You know, I'm not. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not convinced at all. No, um, I, I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. But I think you know, if we're talking about the potential of Firpo coming back in, that probably means Spence to right back rather than dropping Spence, uh, mm. which frees Gray up. If we talk about Gruev coming in, does that mean Ampadu and Kamara drop out? Because for me, that's too many changes. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see Archie play in midfield because I think he enjoys it there, and I like watching him play in there. Um, yeah. But but for me, I wouldn't change both of the central midfielders. So is that Ampadu playing again? <laughs> um, so you know, I, I, there's there's lots of questions to be asked um, around exactly what will happen. I think um, you know West Brom have been so they drew against Stoke in the last last one out. They lost against Leicester, but a lot of sides are going to lose against Leicester. Um, and they beat Sunderland, which we failed to do. So, you know, they, they, they're they doing all right at the minute. They're not scoring a huge number of goals, but they do try and play football. So, it's one of those that where I, I hope we can do something about it. But but going back to the Preston game, I think um, uh, I, I do expect to see some changes. My, my concern around that is that Stoke position of, with so many changes, it just unbalanced the side and we were just... We were awful on the day. We were really yeah. Too, too many players that hadn't played a lot of football, all in all being changed on the same day, and it. Yeah. On paper, we're going. Oh yeah, Graves, all right. Yeah, Anthony's been good, and then you know none of them turned up really. 
That's what um, I was going to say about match fitness as well. Like you can make these wholesale changes, but they're not going to be used to the knocks and the bumps and the, you know, the running around. They can train all they like, but it's not match fitness. So yeah, we've yeah. got to be really careful. No, yeah, and they're not. Why we're not. We're not going to be resting players at Christmas either. Like it, it, no. if our if our best eleven is available, that's the team that's going to get that's going to get picked. Um, uh, because the, the fixtures are too important um, at Christmas because so much can change in what six days. Yeah, no time at all. Like they couldn't thick and fast, don't they? Twenty third, twenty sixth, twenty ninth, and then one on New Year's Day, isn't it? So four four games in eight nine days is it's a lot. It is. Um, so yeah. I'm going to push you for some predictions now. So on the Preston one, Luke four one. <sighs> Okay, I'm going to go scoring it. We're scoring eight and conceding two in the next two, two games. in the next two, and then we'll lose nice. to West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> Is that five, will, will that be a five-four loss? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eight-two. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-two-one leads against Preston. You think that's going to be closer than Ipswich? All right. I've got three one. Uh three one is my regular. I, I go that a lot apparently. So yeah. Um that's yeah. that's the, the standard Man City Super Six uh, prediction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What was the score do you go for Gilly? I've got three one at Preston. And that's that's my You've got three one for both games then, haven't you? No, three two. three oh. two against Ipswich and three one against Preston. Um cool. Okay. So in terms of um running order. Uh, we're all done on that. Um, just going to have a, a quick glance through the comments. And oh, I've just had another couple. Um, yeah, yes, one of the questions. So skip, skip asks us this: How many points are we getting from Ipswich, Preston, West Brom, Birmingham? Um, so Luke has said we're getting beat by West Brom, so it, we can't be getting ten. But Skip's gone ten. Luke, how many do we get in total? Uh, I think we get six. Oh. I actually think we'll draw with West Brom. I think we'll get eight points from that. I think we'll draw with Birmingham as well. Uh, no, we'll beat Birmingham. We'll get ten. Nine or ten. <laughs> Lou? Uh, I'm going to go seven. I feel like Birmingham are a bogey team and they'll probably beat us. Um, but the, the wins are going to be Ipswich, Preston and then West Brom draw. Fairs. I, I think I agree with that. I, I think, you know, I watched... Birmingham, oh, I watched some of Birmingham against Leicester, and I thought they were quite unlucky. You know, Leicester smashed the ball against their own post uh, with Birmingham putting them under a lot of pressure, and, mm. and Leicester just went up the other end and scored, and, and you know, it changed the dynamic of the game for a little bit. Um, so, but they, they do seem to be steadily turning it around, which is a real shame, because I wanted Rooney to, to really, really fail there. Um, so that is, that is quite a shame, but... Uh, Cool. All yeah. right. Uh, it feels like we've been on ages and I've been rabbiting on. Um, anything <laughs> Anything more Not to say? Not you rabbiting. We have been on for ages. <laughs> anything more to say before we clock off tonight, lads? Just, yeah, yeah, I was, really just, yeah, I was just about to say, um, I think um, the the grannies are quite sexy in Birmingham, so Rooney will be hoping he... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rooney will be hoping he can stay there for a while. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Luke, you said you had something. Yeah, Jay, you're not real normal size in real life, mate. 
<laughs> okay, thanks for that. Yeah, just one last thing to mention. So, um, Dandy's Man Club stuff for December. So, uh, Friday, 22nd, 6.30pm till 9pm, there's a pool and snooker night at Northern Snooker Centre on Kirkstall Road. Um, small donations welcome, but not necessary. Uh, and then on the 31st, on New Year's Eve, there's a walk and talk at Temple Newsom. Um, it's alongside the Women's Wellbeing Network, uh, Leeds Dads and Mental Health Mates Leeds. Uh, and that's meeting in the courtyard um, at 11am. So um, get yourself down and remember it's okay to talk and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, cool. Just thank couple, you for your... oh, go on. just a couple more. Yeah, one more, uh, couple more things. Um, just wish Peacock Whites of LUSC all the best. Who's who's in hospital at the moment? So wish you a speedy recovery. Um, and then the other thing was just to wish everybody in very many because we won't be here till after Christmas now. It'll be B and C Preston until we see everyone again. Of course, so have a great yeah. Christmas with you and yours. Have yeah, a good definitely. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the Independent League United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke after match podcasts. We've three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.